Yo, yo, how's it going? This show today is with my homies, O.C. and Verd. They are two producers from the north of England. Uh, known them for years and known them before they were doing O.C. and Verd. They make super nice melodic techno. Been playing their stuff for a long time. They're good mates of mine and I loved having this conversation with them. I hope you enjoy it. Now then. Now. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Not so bad, mate. Not so bad. So, I didn't know it was just audio. Here he is. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Have you just woken up, Ben? I'm in bed and I'm a little bit hungover. <laughs> How are you hungover? We're in quarantine. What did you get up to? I um, My girlfriend's working from home every day, so I decided to work from home. I drink my full DJ rider every day. just to to make sure i'm doing some work as well i respect that what did you drink i drank a bottle of jack daniels last night jesus christ man yeah it's pretty bad that pretty bad how are you Uh, alive oh well i'm i'm into boredom drinking now that's what i've been doing i watched um, that film get into the greek and it just powered me on to drink more. <laughs> Did you have a Jeffrey? I had a Jeffrey as well. No, I've been out of Jeffrey's. They won't deliver because it's quarantine. All right. <laughs> drug dealers. Drug good dealers. Dealer they, I feel sorry for drug dealers right now. They've gone out of business. I do. I do. Most of my friends are them. <laughs> <laughs> don't, say, don't say any names. We're recording. Don't worry. <laughs> How's, how are you both? Um, not too bad. I'm all right. Well, help hold up at home as everyone is frustrated, but yeah, not, not doing too bad. Could be worse, I suppose. What about you, John? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm good. Like I said, Ben said, I've had a couple of, uh, I've fallen off the wagon a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> had a couple of heavy sessions on a, on a Friday night. Yeah, in, on my own in the studio. So I five in the morning. <laughs> Don't even know that's possible. I don't expect anything less from you two. I think, obviously, before we all carry on, this is uh, Ben and John from OC Invert. I'm also enjoying this Tash that you're rocking, John. Yes, well, I'm going to have a full shave today and just leave the, leave the Tash. I thought, well, I, I thought if it worked for Will to grow the beard, I might just try and grow the Tash. I think you should. I am doing. The only person who's not seen on it is my wife, so I have to like, move it out of the way. <laughs> you got to start filming 80s porn as well. Because that is exactly well, I've already I've been doing that for years anyway. Will. <laughs> True, we've seen so, the videos, yeah. especially my only fans uh, account, which you know, you know I won't give you the address to, but that's working. So that's why I've done it. <laughs> Need to find some income there that we can't play anywhere, mate. Tell me about it. We're all out of jobs. Yeah, it's not good, is it? Working, I don't think anyone's going to be working this year. No, I, I totally agree. There's, de- I, I don't think there's going to be any festivals happening at all. And I no. think if there is any clubs opening, it's going to be the super small ones. Um, my, my prediction is that we will go in, we'll, we'll open back out of lockdown. So let like some businesses go back to, back to work and stuff. But bars, restaurants, nightclubs, they're definitely not going to open them until they've got a vaccine. That's what they're saying in Italy. Yeah. Apparently only, th- only 5% or 3% of England has got the disease. So, if the NHS is that overwhelmed with 3% having it, every time they let us back out of lockdown, more people are going to get it, aren't they? So, 
I cannot see us going back to work for a very long time, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's going to be any overseas travel. I was told something the other day that I don't know how true it is, but with with regards to Ibiza, and it was saying that May, June, July, August definitely zero tourism allowed, and then they're thinking yeah. September and October potentially, but that's just like purely based on what happens over the next few months and taking it from there, really. But yeah. I don't I don't see there being an Ibiza season at all, uh, which is obviously no. shit. Even if, like, if they open clubs, they're only going to open ones that probably, when they do open, should I say, they'll only let clubs open that have, like, small capacities, like three, four hundred, maybe five, five hundred. And then if, if you think about that, like, if the massive name DJs, like your Adam Bayers and stuff, can't play festivals, they're going to be playing Hang on. a lot smaller. Hang on, say all of that again. Lost you. Yes, sorry, I was saying, um, when they do open clubs, it's only going to be, like, small capacity venues like three, four hundred capacity. And then if if you think about the huge name DJs like your Adam Bayers, Carl Cox, whoever, the big names, if they have to start playing smaller venues like that, then I think the, the market's going to become a lot smaller as well. So it's going to be... Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think the only thing is, is that it will be the case, whereas like you have smaller clubs that obviously like DJ fees is going to go down a hell of a lot, like a hell of a lot. And I think locally there's not going to, I don't think there's going to be any overseas travel all year, but personally, if there is, it's going to be October, November, December time. However, I think it, what it does do is kind of helps the like middle tier DJs like us (laughs) that can travel like locally and play. Um, yeah. because a lot of the like big time guys like it, they can't travel abroad to, to those smaller venues so you're going to get a lot of like smaller artists kind of build profiles in more of local communities which I think is a good thing um, and also promoters just yeah, aren't going to want to spend the money that's if those clubs survive that's the thing I think a lot of places could go out of business if, if they've not made any money and they can't pay the rents and stuff and the staff aren't getting paid. Yeah. I could see a lot of things close down. So then it's, it's going to be really, really bad for the industry, this. Really bad. Yeah, I guess the one, I guess the one thing is that it's going to be bad for every fucking industry unless you're in the medicine industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we're all in it together, which is the main thing. Um, as long as everyone's, as long as everyone's health and safe, health and fit, like it will eventually come back to good and i think it will just change a lot of the things in the industry in the grand scheme of things on yeah how, how shows are booked and how how fees are and how deals are with promoters and, and djs and how agents are and how managers are and everything like that like i know man- yeah. management companies that have especially in the states that have had full-blown staff and then have literally have to let everyone go because there's zero yeah. income um yeah. i think it's also kind of brings I was just talking to Eli Brown, actually. It just brings brings around the question of how do you earn money outside of doing shows? Yeah, well, I don't, you definitely just can't make it through selling records <laughs> at I the think, moment. Unless you start yeah. putting things on Bandcamp and selling them directly. But The thing with Bandcamp and things like that, they're still taking 20% of what... Yeah what you're doing um although it's great and they do amazing things it's still like you still have a middleman 
I think it's about trying to take out that middle man. But yeah. I don't know. Who knows? In a few the, months. The other, we the might the other thing that I was, I was thinking about and chatting to a few people about is then you get your people doing your online uh, online lessons or making sample packs and stuff like that. But the problem with that is is that you lose a bit of credibility. Yeah. You know, if you're selling sample packs and doing online tutorials and stuff like that, you, you do lose a little bit of credibility. We've broken down a couple of tracks before for future music and stuff, and that's that's not that bad. But if you start doing it for some of the big name uh, sites and you're just doing that all the time, you just become known as a teacher. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I think there's different ways to do it. I think there's really interesting ways to do it. It's like like I said, breaking down tracks is cool. Um, well, it's, it's, it's like better than just being a teacher. But I also think it's yeah. like, again, it's like, let's say for instance, like look at Dead Mouse. He's been like building his Twitch and YouTube stuff up for years. He probably earns more money than you and I and about 10 other DJs put together just off his Twitch. Um, yeah. Like, but he's not teaching people. He's just streaming, doing his thing, if you know what I mean. Um, and then you go and look at the masterclass aspect is like where something's yeah. really well does really well filmed and looks really well done and it's yeah. kind of teaching it's kind of a story rather than just teaching like on youtube yeah no they're they're, they're brilliant but you wouldn't get like so i watched i've watched the hans zimmer one yes yeah, for amazing. example but not, hans zimmer isn't then going to do another one on another side and another one on another side that's where your credibility goes yeah. But I'm talking about uh, as a revenue stream. That's what you need to do to make a, an income. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you, that's what they're saying. You can only make, you can do one. And that's a nice little payday. That's maybe as much as you know a gig, maybe. Yeah. But you can't um, once you've done one. That's it. Yeah, once you've done one, that's it for a year, totally. maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, no, doesn't, totally it doesn't work. Yeah, it's not something that you can do. Yeah, time, man. Sorry. I've seen, I've seen a few DJs doing like live streams and they've put on um, like the PayPal details and you can donate. Donate, yeah. That, but I kind of don't know. That's a bit busking to me, that. <laughs> like, <laughs> we might have to do that. Who knows? But yeah, I'm not really. I think I, it's. I, I, really like I think there's also like a lot of. I, I find it. I find that weird. Like I was thinking about the whole subscription thing. Because like obviously yeah. we all we all make so much music and we all have so much music just so it's just never going to be released and it's never going to do any good it's just going to be yeah. there it's just tools for our dj sets if you know what i mean and some of them aren't even that but some of them are actually good enough to be released but it's still never going to be released so i thought about like subscription services and stuff like that and kind of doing things like that but then you also i i think that's great if you're not in a time when no one's in work, but you, yeah. I, you can't be asking people to like give money, give money yeah, to you definitely. when, when we're all out of work, well, not all like we're, we're probably in the best situation than most. If you know what I mean, we're lucky enough that we have a roof over our heads and we're not living paycheck to paycheck necessarily. Um, but yeah, I think like when you start asking people, you're like, uh, I feel a bit weird about it. Even asking yeah, to buy merchandise and stuff like that, it's like, well, yeah. a lot of a lot of people don't necessarily even have like. I think in the UK we're different to America. I think in the UK we have a lot more government support, but in America, like, I know people that are just like can't even afford to 
buy, buy their shopping. And you're like, what the yeah. fuck are you going to do? It's fucking yeah. shit. Yeah, it's really, really bad for people out there. Just, I, like the people that are working as well, they're, they're putting their lives at risk every time yeah. you know they go out to work. So, well, if you vote for you vote for Donald Trump, that's, that's kind of what you get. <laughs> like if you vote for Boris Johnson, that's what you get. As well. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think I'd rather have Boris than Donald at the minute. Yeah, to be fair. I, yeah. I to be fair, like I, I'm like I'm not a huge like I generally should I generally vote conservative just because I'm a southerner and like you fucking northerners up there but I wouldn't I wouldn't ever vote for Boris Johnson but I don't think he's doing a bad job if at the end of the day I think we, I do I, I think he's doing a horrendous job <laughs> I yeah think, I think it's getting worse I think I think it was far too late putting us on lockdown I think we, me and John were in Argentina and Chile the weekend before we went on lockdown and we flew from Manchester to Madrid, and no, there was no um, no one doing any checks at Manchester. There was no one doing any checks at Madrid, and, no, and then we went to Heathrow, and there was no one doing any checks at Heathrow. Then we flew to Argentina and Chile, and when we landed in Argentina and Chile, everyone was in full masks. Everyone was wearing um, like PPE gear, passport yeah. control. And then they were checking our temperatures and asking very detailed questions of where we were going, where we were staying, who we were meeting, so that if we did bring anything into the country, they could track us down. Yeah, yeah. And they were sending people back who had who had high temperatures. And I thought, if they're doing that in Argentina and Chile, like we were still treating it as a joke back yeah. home at the time. And then when we did the gigs, we flew back into into Madrid, and they still weren't giving, they still weren't doing any checks. So if you look at Madrid, that's one of the worst hit cities in the world. They weren't doing any checks. And when we were in London, one of, again, one of the worst hit cities, they weren't doing any checks there. Yeah. You just think, the government's had it so, so wrong. Like, yeah, the, really the, uh, the London one, because we left Chile and they were like, like Ben said, they were te- testing our temperatures on our head. And then we arrived in London Heathrow and there was just nothing. The only thing that happened was a guy shouted at us for not having our plastic power of liquids out of our bag. Yeah. You know, like that's all they were bothered about. Yeah, yeah. Me and him, like, I turned around to, to Nick and Ben and I was like, welcome back to fucking Britain. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is all they care about is the liquid. We're, we're arriving. We weren't even leaving. Yeah, yeah, we were coming in from foreign countries. We in. And there's a virus spreading around and they didn't check anything on us. No one was wearing masks, no. nothing. So you just, the government was so bad on this. So slow. Really, really slow. But anyway, let's not get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I came back on the Monday. I like had to like get like a last minute flight back from the US to the UK, <clears throat> and yeah, like nothing was being done when we got here at all. We still weren't even on lockdown when we when I first got back. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to be positive about it because I don't know. Yeah, it's just. Strange time, yeah. strange time. Definitely. How's uh, how's things, <coughs> how's, how's things going with the new single? You got uh, Magicians of the Gods, right? Yeah, it's uh, number seven on Beatport Top yeah. Techno or whatever. But it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because we've we had that track come out. That's Beatport Top Ten. Then we we re- launched our own label with our track on the Human. Yeah, that went to number eleven. It was gutted we didn't get top ten with that because it was our first release on our own label. Yeah, but again, like it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Like you're getting your music. Well, music's doing well, but it's completely irrelevant because normally the, how well your music does is how busy your diary is. And we had a 
full diary for this summer. And then obviously we've just had two tracks that have done really well, had great support. So that would have added to the diary. But now it's like, it's just we're putting music out for people to play to the bedroom walls. So it's kind of a, I'm not really that fussed about the music at the moment. I'm not really, I'm not even paying attention to it. So it's kind of a bit of a yeah, strange It's strange because I know that, uh, when this first all happened, I know Spotify kind of went down in streams, but now I think it's back up and radio went up because obviously people are at home and people, especially in the UK, people want to actually listen to radio a lot more because it's yeah. kind of being part of something. But I also think like, I think music is kind of key right now just for generally people's sanity. So I think yeah, it I kind think, of still keeps it normal. Yeah, sorry, what I was meaning was the, um, I'm not bothered about chart positions at the moment like that's what kind of irrelevant i think we'll put still put out music and we're you know we're, we're going to do we're working on trying to do a live stream but i'm a little bit i find him a little bit cringy that you're just standing there <laughs> dancing on your own it's so <laughs> yeah. weird isn't it it is weird yeah I'm not, I'm not really into it everyone i've watched i just there's a couple that i've watched that are all right and then a lot of them i just like it's really cringe watching some i can't them. watch them I can't watch them. Yeah, well. it's the DJs that are still doing the hand movements. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which like, I know if I, if I was to do one, that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I would, and I just, I'm not prepared to put myself through it. <laughs> I know I'd, I'd have a few drinks and I'd be just going, woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> on me on. It does look very cringy, so I don't know. Um, we, we will do one, but I might like have to just film the decks and not me doing stupid dance moves in the background. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not too sure how I feel about them. Obviously people are in, really enjoying them, but uh, yeah, I've been asked to do a load and I'm, as I'm sure you guys have, but I, first of all, I don't have any decks anymore. So it's kind you of, know. no, I like pioneers sent me some and then they were like, you can have them for a couple of weeks. And then in that couple of weeks, I didn't do any. Cause I was just like, it's, I just, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I don't. Have, it's an easy excuse for me not to do any. Really, <laughs> we're gonna do some. We've we've got we've we've got all this everything set up in the studio. But obviously, me and John are uh, we we can't be doing it together. So we might have to um, let John clean the studio down so he's not spreading the disease. And I'll go in one day. And... <laughs> well, it's the it's the machine that I need to pour all the beer out of from last weekend. I spilled <laughs> beer all over my machine. <laughs> Yeah, so how? what's your new label called? Ampersand. And where did all of this come from? Because I know we've been talking for years about you guys starting a label. And yeah. now what kind of made it happen? Well, the main thing was we we was getting tracks played by all the big names, and but they weren't signing the, the music. They're saying, yeah, we love playing them, but they don't really fit on our label. Yeah. Because I think we're kind of in between two sounds. We're like, we do a bit of the peak time driving techno stuff and then we do some like deeper, more melodic sort of stuff. And we're like kind of in that middle lane between yeah. those two sounds. And there's not really a label that caters for that. So we thought, let's do that with our label. So the first track we put out is Only Human. And that was like a more peak time banging track. And then the next release we're going to be put out is um, a lot deeper and more melodic. So we're just going to kind of straddle that those both two both of those genres if we can are you signing anybody else or are you literally just releasing your own music we're, we're going to sign other people we've had quite a few demos through but we're going to be super 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 picky like we're not going to be one of those labels that just bangs out a release right. every two weeks i oh, hate that i hate we that just, so much yeah we get bombarded with labels like that and there's 
quality of music is just so crap. And I think people give it up when they start doing that. They're just putting out anything. Unless you're one of the big ones who, who's getting sent, you know, top music off the top artists all the time. But people that just have small labels and they're just banging out anything constantly. I disagree. I still don't think that there's... If you're releasing every two weeks, I still don't think you're getting top quality music. No, I really don't think. I don't think there's a single label out there that releases every two weeks that every record is a fucking slammer. And I I think... I understand why labels do that because it's it's pure catalogue content and the more music that's going out there, the more money they can actually make on the streaming and the sales and everything like that. So I get that and about building a brand, but I don't think it necessarily builds a brand that is actually, I don't like using that word brand as well, but it's it's about building profile. I don't think these labels that do that build good profile. I think it just, it's just cheesy without, it's kind of cheesy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I do agree with that. This, this, so there's some labels that don't release that often, but when they do, it's all I always want that track. Yeah, like there's quite a few labels that do that, and and those those are the labels that we, we aspire to be really. So we've had, you know, t- since we put our demo email out there, we just get in tons of demos every single day, and there's not one yet that that we think that we're going to. There's a couple of there's a couple that have been very close. So with the artists that sent us tracks that we do like, that we think are good B-sides, we're trying to push them to make the A-sides that we want. So I kind of like that, that we're dealing with artists and we're trying to push them a little bit further yeah. to deliver. Do you, so who knows? How, how do you feel about that, though, with like labels that... Like, I don't know if you've had it in situations where they're like, oh, we really like this, but we kind of want it like this, or we want you to change this and that. How do you feel about that? Well, we've had that with Kratek we've done a few sacks for Cave at Kratek and um, he's he's the most fussiest guy we've ever dealt with and at first it was a bit like oh, no this track's really really good but at the end of the day it's not his sound that, that he's pushing so we've had to make changes to we've got a track coming out on there called Beetlejuice it's coming out I think in June and um, he actually changed the arrangement of it, of it. He, he said right I don't think like the breakdown should be here and this, that, and the other gives a lot of pointers. So we were like, all right, let's listen to what he says and do it. And we changed it and the track is actually better because yeah. of the changes that he made. But then there was another track we did called Monda Sharwin that we put out on Spectre's label eventually. And he asked us to take the vocal out and do a few changes. And we just went, no, we, we like this how it is. So yeah. we're not going to put that out on Craft Sex. we put it somewhere else. But then, but then we, we were making another tune for another label which sounds nothing like Craft uh, Tech. Yeah. Uh, we just, and we can't, we were playing, uh, we went on tour with him, um, him and Spectre. And I'd been telling him about the tune during the day and saying that we thought it was something like a bit special. And he said, well, I'll, I'll see you tonight. Uh, and in, in, have you, you've played Gorilla, haven't you, Will? In where? In Manchester. Gorilla in Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where the deep, where you're playing, there's like a, there's like a, uh, a room behind you with like a hole in the wall so they can see yeah. through. So when we were playing, like I said before the before the gig, he said, uh, "I'll uh, I'll I'll let you know what I think. You know what I think to the reaction." Anyway, they, they played the tune. It absolutely went off, and he was up, stood up in this booth, and he gave us like a thumbs up, like the guy from Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just waiting for the like, middle, middle thumb, and then it kind of went like that. It, it absolutely went off. But it's not a tune that you would ever ever have put with Kraftwerk. Yeah. 
and that's just that's all that's all doing our own thing and someone liking it you know what i mean so that's there's two it shouldn't make tunes for labels i think that's the thing that like i learned pretty early on in my career like when big booty came out and then like jamie jones was playing it eats everything was playing it seth troxler was playing it and then i was like oh shit i need to write hot creations music and yeah. then I did like six months of giving up music because I couldn't make any music that I liked or anything like that and no one would sign anything. And you're like, okay, maybe I just need to make music that makes me happy or like that's yeah. Will Clark. That's um, exactly yeah. what we do with ours. Yeah, and that's why sometimes you'll have the problem where people don't sign it very quickly because it's, it is you. It's, it's you. It's yeah. not made for them. It's not that the music's bad, it's just it doesn't work for them. They might still be playing it, but they might not sign it. And that's why we started our own label, really. Because we had a lot of tracks that we've got loads of tracks that are just sat there. Yeah. And when we we've not they're not signed, but we still play them. So yeah. we just like and, and they go off. Then they go, they go off. off when we play them. So we just thought we need our own label to get this stuff out. It makes sense. It's ex- pretty much exactly the same reason for me. Like yeah. you take me higher, I was like, there's not a label out there that I feel will do it justice. That's so unique, that sounds. I said, when you sent me that track, I said it sounds like sort of gospel techno or yeah. soulful techno in a way. Yeah. And so then, there is a label that does that. It's the same with Hallelujah. And yeah. it was just like, all the records. How did you get that cleared? Should <laughs> 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 I know about that? <laughs> we can go into depth, but whoever listens to this podcast is going to. Okay. Right, let's fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, I thought I thought you did. <laughs> yeah, we cleared it. It's well, we didn't clear it. We resung it. Um, so, so the way it came out is, I did the record nearly two years ago, or nearly over, definitely over a year ago. Um, I wrote it, sent it to the label that orig- has the original vocal, um, yeah. and they said. It's great, but we don't. We're not going to do anything with it. Right. I was like, okay, that's fine. Didn't think anything of it. Um, and then I sent it to a few mates, and it was literally played all summer, like in every club. Sent it back to them. We're like, look, this is doing well. Do you want to sign it? And they were like, no. Nope. Yeah. And then we tried to license it to another record label. Um, and the deal that the original label came out was like, you can have it, but you're not taking any of the income from any of the streams or anything like that. Right. Okay. We were like, uh, well, it's probably not worth us doing it then because although it's profile, but it's going to do pretty well on streams and it's going to do pretty well on radio, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So we then were like, the only way for us to get this out is to re-sing it. Um, so we re-sang it we got the okay with the publishers and then once we'd re-sung it the original label came back to us and were like oh we want to we want to uh, put it out and we were like give us an offer and they were like well we put it out as a remix and you won't get a remix fee and that's it and I was like no deal I was like, no, no comprehende. <laughs> um, and then they came back again and <clears throat> gave another deal. And realistically, it was just to the point where it was just kind of embarrassing. Um, okay. And as much as I respect the original record label, um, 
and absolutely love what they've done in the past and everything like that. I, I'm still all down for respecting artists and giving artists a platform. Um, and realistically, I it was not they were not going along with their morals that they promote every day. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, but we, we know each other. But with, with the... Well, so... So, yeah, we, we also... Uh, this is probably not the best thing to... I can't go into too much detail because it's still going on. Um, but we had, a f- we had a few frets as the release came out or as they saw the release, yeah. release came onto Beatport. Um, but... Yeah, I believe it's all sorted now. It's still going on until this week. Um, yeah. It's all sorted now because ten, the original record label don't own the publishing. Um, right. So it's owned by a couple of other people, um, which yeah. is all okayed with. So, yeah, well, without going into too much details and talking too much shit on people, that's kind of how we got it, got it done. Um, but I'm glad it's done because... Like so many people were playing it, so many people wanted to hear it, and it just got to the point where it's like it's stupid if this doesn't come out, really. Yeah. Well, as a as a, as a testament to the track, and obviously to you guys and the person who sung it, I thought it was the original sample. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, uh, and I've listened to it a few times with headphones, so I thought it was the same same singer. So I think that was all the the actual issue with with the original record label was that they couldn't tell that it was actually a resung. But right. we like we got um, Cal from Replay Heaven to do it, and Replay Heaven are just I've worked on them a, with a couple of projects, and I don't know how they do it, but they source artists that are just insane, and like the girl that, that sang it sounded just like Candy Staten to the yeah. point where when I put the record out, Candy Staten like commented a love heart on my video because I think she thought it was her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, and I, like I said, I had, I had headphones on. I was walking, and so you can hear everything. Yeah, it's really. And well I thought done. that was, yeah, I thought it was the original sample. So, if if you listen to them, like, if you listen to the vocals, like, by themselves without any processing, and like just with no music, you can be like, oh, okay, there's a few things yeah. that that isn't the original um yeah. yeah it was done super well so i'm happy it's out man i'm so yeah, happy cool. it's cool, but did that one get essential new tune oh, no that one really? didn't that one that one hasn't had much love on radio pete did play it um yeah. annie didn't play it danny didn't play it um i think we've got mr jam coming this weekend obviously this podcast isn't going to be out on time before all of this but yeah i don't know it, it it's slowly climbing up the charts um and the, but the streaming's done really well i was just streaming is all that matters really now so I, like radio play obviously we had a lot of support off radio one in the other days we don't really get much played on there nowadays but i think I, with it's all politics isn't it radio now if you're not paying a big pr company loads of money you're not really getting played on radio i don't know i disagree because i'm not paying anyone now um i have oh, yeah. i have radio bloggers um, yeah. but for me, I think it's all about, so the deal, yeah. I, you send it to radio pluggers so, to get it on. Yeah, kind of. See, but, that's what we don't do anything like that. When we, every time we've had music played on radio, it's been because of like, when we obviously did Matt Diary Hot Stakes 2, 
he's managed by the same yeah. Anglo management manages Pete Tong, so when anything that goes out on Need Eating Sound, it's going to get that Pete Tong play. Yeah. So it, unless you know, and then when we did that remix Free Lion first, they were managed by Lockit Management, and anything that they put out gets Lockit Management gets straight through to Radio One. So yeah, I yeah. kind of. I think I'm, it's I'm, about I'm, relationships. If I'm totally honest, it is. With you. Yeah, and I, and I kind of I more go off like you know streams now. I think if you get in a good number of streams through through stuff, I think that's kind of better than going through the PR teams to. But then, that, but then, so exactly the same way is the people that, that curate the playlists. That's that's your new radio. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to have the, you've got to have the relationships there to get the massive numbers of streams. Yeah. Exactly. I think if you think about it, like with let's say for instance all we have is now my label like I wanted to make sure that all of those relationships were put in place before I actually had before I released a record if you know what I mean I could have released like I could have released You Take Me Higher on any other label and it not done as well as it did because a lot of other labels don't put the time and effort into building those kind of platforms um, and building those relationships and yeah. it's it is a sad thing about the industry that you'll kind of have to like well that's that's my point really because like I, I radio one i'm such a huge fan of and pete's on show especially i listen to it most weekends or i listen to it back on iplayer and stuff but i do like from obviously knowing the industry more getting getting to know it more and more it's the more you pay a pr company the more plays you get and i just i, I really not into this pain to get plays all the time. It's, I, 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 I judge tracks off the big name DJs that are playing them, and you see the videos of, of like those guys playing them. Yeah, and I'm like, right, well, that's because your music's doing well. But then when you look at like how some radios and stuff's done, you just you know the PR company behind the behind each record, and I, I think that's just it's getting to the, getting just too much where too much money's involved. I think to get your plays. I don't disagree with you at all. I think I I also think there's kind of playing devil's advocate sometimes as the game you have to play if you yeah, want yeah. If, if you want to kind of step forward. It's not like let, let's just use like Camel Fat Cola for example. Okay, yeah. if that was just put out on their on like a, a small record label, it wasn't put out on yeah. Defected where Defected have the radio pluggers. They have the the. Uh, the contacts they have the like ability to push to make a, a good record the biggest to record. break a big record yeah. yeah like whereas i don't know like let's say for instance camel fat put it out on i don't know solar or something like that which is no disrespect yeah. to solar or like a, a smaller record label but would would they have that would it have ever been that big and would yeah. it have ever changed their career, changed their life? Like even like Masai for you guys, like if that if that got put on a smaller record label, yeah, if that hadn't come out on Need Eating Sound, it wouldn't have done. It's still a, a great record. I think it's one of our favourites. But yeah, I think now looking back at it, a lot of the success of that record was down to it being on Hot Sensation totally. label. Totally, and the management team that was behind that. Like our management team, as you well know at the time, <laughs> was the worst, the worst, the worst manager in history. <laughs> Fuck that guy! <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, 
He was absolutely terrible. But when we've had other tracks that we think are bigger than what Masai was. They haven't been. They haven't had that team of management behind it driving it. And that's where I kind of, from me as a music fan, I'm not. I try to avoid all the stuff that's being plugged by the PR companies. And I think for the music we're making as well now, which is a lot more underground and techno. You know, it's a more, what's the word for it? It's not as commercial. Now you're just as, uh, uber cool. That's now what it is, guys. Cool. You've been trying well, all yeah. your lives to be uber cool and you finally got there. We finally, <laughs> we finally got there and then every the world got cancelled. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, too, we finally just like, this summer, honestly, our diary and some of the festivals we were playing, we had some major, major gigs we were looking forward to. The world well, literally got cancelled. Well, there's, there's one, there was two gigs in the summer and... Um, it's, it, well, it would have sound big, Eddie, if I said it, if it wasn't happening like this. We were going to have to get a private jet to the next gig. Jesus Christ. That's <laughs> like, that's like, that, that is an ultimate dangling of a carrot. Well, lads, we, were getting, we had a private jet lined up, but not anymore. Not <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's kind of the opposite for me, because I'm still not really getting booked in Europe. We were getting a few more bookings come in and things like that, but I'm like still barely nothing so it's kind of worked out fine for me where i can just like put the music out and just see where it goes but yeah so yeah you you mainly just america stuff yeah 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 that's so strange isn't it really like i think i'm pretty sure you're well known around here in in the old up north and stuff when i mention your name people know your tracks i think i think the thing is is that it's like I've now got a, a good agent in Europe who like right. believes in the project. And I just don't think I've ever really had an agent that really believed in Will Clark project. I think they just kind of like yeah. took you on and then just cracked on um, and didn't do anything. But I also think like my music's changed a lot um, over the years. So I think now yeah. it's like last year was a year of trying to get my sound to so people get it in Europe and like releasing on True Soul, releasing on Drumco, doing We Are The Brave, yeah. doing Needed Pains and things like that. And I think that, like, it's weird because my music's been played for like a long time by a lot of big guys. Yeah. But it, <laughs> you still can't get the little promoter in Manchester to kind of get that because you're not, yeah. you're not, Cool. you're not the cool artist the the hot new thing if you know what i mean um, yeah yeah but i think you're i think right. a lot of that is down to down to what agency and what management you've got as well so like i think it's it's obviously all politics isn't it the more we get into the industry it is more it's more about managers and agents but but it's the gatekeepers isn't it yeah like the music can be a lot very secondary to that which is the frustrating thing about the business really well i think the music is your business card now yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> but I guess, like, when has it not been in our, since we've been working in the industry? Like, if we really think about it, like, vinyl, like, I don't know, what, were you, I know you guys played on vinyls just like I did, but like, were you r- writing music? Were you selling music when it was the vinyl days when I you could actually make money? No, I wasn't. I was, I was but it, the, again, I had to speak to a, so I did a couple of like French house tracks and then this label wanted to sign them and then, but they have to, you have to sign like deals where, cause they obviously have to pay for the pressing. Yeah. Um, so basically it was like a, it was like the old fashioned record label. It was, a, they were giving you a loan. 
yeah, yeah. And if you didn't sell them, you had to pay, pay them back. back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was like a case of... Um, I think there was a time, though, when we first started out where you could make a track and it could blow up like just one track and that could change your career. I and, think that still know. happens now, though. Do you think? Yeah. I don't. Not I, in our world, I don't think. I, th- I think maybe in the more like your, your house music, vocal sort of, you know, that camel fat sort of sound, I think you can. But I don't think you can do that in techno anymore. Ah, uh, look at Rebuke. He's put out quite a few records, though. Yeah, but, but that was that was all off one record. He was like, I'll be then, like... But, yeah, but, all right, I'll rephrase that. If you put, you've got to put out... You've got to follow it up, is what Ben's saying. No, but he's got to follow it up. But he's also looked at the management and agent that he's on from that first record. That's yeah, but, he, but like from from that record gave him that. Like obviously he had the manager from the, from the beginning. And yeah, he's been managed by him for years. Has he? Right. Yeah, like I I know Ruben pretty well, and like he's been managed by Palo Mojo for years. Right. Um. And he didn't have an agent in the UK and he didn't have an agent in America. But then right. Along Came Polly came out and it got him the agent in the UK and it got him the agent in America. Then he got yeah. a release on Dirty Bird and then he got a release on Drum Code. Like, right. but, yeah. but nobody knew. Like I was talking to... Ruben sent me Along Came with Polly before he's, before it got signed. Yeah. And he was like, I'm trying to do get do this sound where like it's a little bit old school, but it's still a little bit fresh and a little bit new. Yeah. But I still I, I hear what you're saying. It's not like we're not getting like high state of consciousness, if you know what I mean, like level of stardom where you release one record and you don't ever have to release ever again if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess is that just purely because the day and age on how we how everyone listens to music because back then it was like you'd listen to it you'd buy go and buy somebody's album and listen to that in your car for like three months whereas now you can't even listen to a fucking album without somebody skipping over the next record yeah well there's that but i don't i think music's secondary to social media as well really you know in a lot of people's cases like i think your instagram can be more important than the music you're putting out for a lot of people so I don't know. It's weird. It's it's a weird. I keep we just keep trying different stuff. But for us, it's always about the music. I'm not. I can't, can't be into one of those people that's going to start taking selfies every day and having to have, have a fucking professional photographer for you. For you. Whoa, whoa, don't you don't you're dogging well there. You're <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoy social media, so I like doing it. I think yeah. that's the thing. Is like I I don't have an issue with it so but I, I hear what you're saying I have an issue with it but I'm not like I, I'm into people's music I'm not that fussed about what I'm doing on I th- social media but I, th- I also think that comes down to and this is the kind of a conversation that I've had before is like what is underground there's no such thing as underground anymore no. I don't well, I, think underground that, I, I think there is the I, I think underground me. is <laughs> John's just put on a pair of cool glasses they're actually like old school Miami. They are. Clear. Like, Clear. Yeah, I like them. Old school. Yeah. Like, is is there actually like yes, there is an underground. Of course. There if is. you think about someone like Helena, oh, she doesn't have any social media, does she? And she's one of the biggest DJs in the world. And I think 
Is that Her underground book. though? Yes, I think she's super underground. Is it underground? But is it? I because for me, underground is somebody that doesn't that plays to fifty people in a basement that releases only releases their own music on Bandcamp and doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. Like playing 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 music to th- hundreds of thousands of people in a warehouse or tens of thousand people in a warehouse is that is that underground? Um, I, I think it can be. I think yeah, for certain artists, it, it is. I think, yeah, yeah, it's the one, for me, anything, people that don't just hammer social media constantly are probably, you're more underground DJs, but I don't, yeah, is there, a, is there an underground when you've got the internet and social media as it is? I don't know. I'm not too sure. I'm not thought about it, you know. It's weird because, like, like the guy, a guy that uh, one of my mates, he rents a rents a room off me in Detroit, and I would class him as underground. He like is, he plays like Trezor and places like that. He's like super yeah. like techno, only plays live. Um, yeah, it's like releasing on Maud, uh, and like, but again, there's people in his industry that like. I'm just trying to use examples. Um, what's his name? Rod Hag. Like, yeah, Rod, Rod Hag yeah. is like his probably biggest, the biggest person in his kind of. I'm butchering this because I'm not in this scene at yeah. all. But yeah, like, but like, would you class as those artists as underground? I wouldn't because he's fucking earning millions of pat, millions of dollars. Like, if you're earning millions of dollars, that's not underground, is it? I suppose, I suppose not. I think, I think you've still got the, the they've come from the underground though, in a, in a sense. I don't yeah, know. You're I, not, you're I'm not, not really going in. about underground, but I'm more about what, I'm just not into the, the, the cheesy, constant, just yeah. photo shoots, just endless, endless photo shoots. Like every time you go to the shops, you've got a professional photographer with you taking a snap of it. Yeah. And definitely when you go to a record shop. Yeah, it's just like people in vinyl shops getting the picture taken all the time. Yeah, but I think that happens in the underground with the underground people. No, I know, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm just not. I'm not into that stuff. Like, I, I like people that more have a laugh on social media than the ones that are trying to be models. Do you follow Fiac? So, who Fiac? Fiac. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. They're the best ones because <laughs> they just post about weed and stuff like that all the time. They're hilarious, aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely hilarious, and that's actually like I found them through social media. Like that's how I heard about their music, and then I really like the music as well. But that's the sort of thing I'm into. Whereas the people that are just these constant photo shoots, and I don't know, like it's like it's just that the business seems to be getting hijacked by Instagram models, and that that's becoming more important than the music. And I think, yeah, I don't think that should happen either. No, I feel you on that. I think music. Music is like, music is, it's weird. I've always said this, that like you wouldn't go into an art gallery and just take the, uh, take the painting off the wall and just hang it up on your wall. Like you have to pay for it. Yeah. And like, you don't get that with music. Like everyone, it just feels like everyone expects it for free. Yeah. And everyone expects that like, it's like, it's just so throwaway. Yeah, yeah. That's the, me and John have that sort of discussion because we, we're always like 
thinking we should put out more music, then we don't want to. We don't want to. We want our tracks to have time to breathe, yeah. and you know, people get the most out of them. But when music has become so throwaway, you feel you also feel pressure that you've got to just keep constantly churning stuff out. Yeah, and then you have like the algorithms of like Spotify. And it's like you, you have to release something like every like four to eight, six weeks or four to eight weeks to for you to then just keep your followers like right. knowing who you are and like what you're d- up to and shit like that. Dude, I, see, I didn't even know that. I didn't no, know I didn't know. Know. Yeah, there's like algorithms and stuff that keeps like if people keep coming to your page, you're more likely to be on there on like your follow followers re- release radars and things like that and. Yeah. Like if let's say for instance you're put on like <laughs> a playlist, unless you're front cover, you're on. It depends on the certain playlist, but like on personalized playlists, it depends on how. Like let's say for instance, I was, like with housework, if your tracks are put on there, it depends where you actually are on everybody's Spotify list on the on the actual charting. So on on yours, if you listen to me like all the time, I'm going to be higher. In, right. in the in the playlist um which means that you're going to get more streams but it's it's so weird how it all works and you then you're like ah oh, i don't know it's tough i haven't got a clue with spotify like i don't even have the app i don't use it i still buy music everything i get yeah. i buy but I, i'm i'm old school right because i've just i've never bothered with spotify because i've never really just never got into it. I still I listen to SoundCloud mixes and stuff more than I listen to Spotify. I so hate I'm, SoundCloud. Yeah, I hate SoundCloud. At least with Spotify and Apple, artists are getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Right, but I mean, just been listening to mixes. That's yeah. that's my go-to place to listen to mixes or MixCloud, really. But on Spotify, it's more. I'm not into playlists. If I listen to, I'd rather listen to a DJ's mix than a DJ's playlist. I want to listen to how they've put the tracks together. I listen I to neither. Listen. I fucking hate listening to any of it. See <laughs> yeah, I never listen to mixes. Mixes, See mixes literally like bore the living <laughs> hell out of me. And when somebody asks me to do a mix, like if my manager asks me to do a mix, I literally will put up all lines of resistance to do a mix. Because I'm like, because I, for me, um, like a DJ mix is all about the the setting and what you're actually doing at the time and how people are listening to it and kind of how you're reading the crowd and all of that you know that as a DJ if you know what I mean well yeah but I disagree with that though because I I love doing mixes and I love listening to mixes and the reason I like I sometimes you I'll make a mix for people to listen to in the car sort yeah. of thing for the long drive or I'll make a mix where I think if you go into the gym this is a good one like to get your head down and, and lift some weights to or something like that. Like I, I kind of structure mixes thinking about that or we'll record a lot of our own sets live and yeah. put them out. I, I, I love putting I, them I prefer, I prefer as, to listen to. I don't really listen to mixes. I'd rather listen to a playlist and discover new music I've never found before. Yeah. But it's listening to it. Out of our mixes, the, the ones that I've listened to more, were one of the first ones we ever did, and the live one from Berlin because you could hear and feel the how they were feeling. Yeah. This is because I more I, I get to you guys are more producers, and I'm a DJ. I would say more like you guys are miles more into production than, yeah. than I am. Yeah. I'm miles more into DJs than you guys are. I'd say so. Mixes are my thing. Like I'm not. 
I don't care about one Carl Cox record that he's ever made, but I love how he puts tracks together and the way he tells that story. Yeah, and no, that, that's why I'm into DJs. I, I'm interested in how they put tracks together and how they create a mix. I'm not fussed about the records they put out. All my favorite DJs, I'm, like Eric Murillo, Ricardo Villalobos, John Bigweed, Sasha, like I'm not into their tracks that much, really. I'm into how they DJ. And that's probably an old school way of looking at it. No, I, I respect that a lot. It doesn't really mean that much to me. Mixes mean a hell of a lot more. No, I tell you, I, yeah, I hear that. And I'm, I'm with John 100% on this where I'm like, yeah. the thought of listening to a mix. If like, if I'm in a car with somebody and they put a mix and I'm like, mate, fuck off. Like, Is it? Yeah. Oh my God. It's not for me. And right. unless, like, <laughs> the only thing that I listen to as a mix is if I can actually see it live. And right. it, you can see, like, people vibing in the club. Um, but still, yeah. I'm still not that into it, really. I like, like I said, the, the, the live one we did from Berlin, and you can hear a guy at the beginning go, fucking hell! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it, that was re- just... It was a really good one to listen to because you could, you could you, on that mix somehow it just seemed to have the atmosphere in the mix. Yeah, um, I suppose because that place is absolutely fucking mental. I guess. Did you did you not listen to Essential mixes or anything like uh, that? Oh my god, I love Essential mixes. I'll flick through. I'll, yeah, I'll that's the de- that's, when you get the Essential mix. That's a DJ going right. I've got to put two hours of my best skills together. Yeah. See. And, if if I get asked to do an essential mix and I'm thinking about it already, like, yeah. and I've thought about it over the years, and and my essential mix will purely be like, how do I make every single record super special, so that every single moment is special in that? Not how am I going to mix these records together, but how am I going to make enough records for a two hour mix that I can be like. That is a pure artistry of music, rather than that is. Well, the yeah, that's what the mind, I'd, I'd have that thought, but I'd also be like, I'd be trying to find tunes that no one else is playing, and I'd be trying to put them together in a different way that no one else has done, and get some. Like, oh, yeah, I, I guess it's just, it's just like different ways of looking at it, isn't it? Different horses for different courses, eh? It is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I, and I've thought about the essential mix for a long time, and. I'm like, I want to write two hours of new music for it. Right, so you do it as just purely Will Clark. Yeah, or like Will Clark edits. Right, so that's, that's yeah, I get that. That's a, a producer's way of looking at it, I would say. Whereas I'd be like, I want to be a digger and pull, pull out the the records that no one else has heard for yeah. stuff like that. When you, when you hit up all your mates for all the unreleased stuff that's never ever going to come out well yeah well, I'd, I'd like to go in, into back catalogues of labels that I really like and stuff and yeah I'm, I'm into finding music more than I am I'm into producing it like John's more production focused whereas I'm more like other people's records focused, if you will, for our, for our section. Or well, clearly, John's right now in the studio and you're sat in bed drinking a I'm beer. I'm in bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, obviously, like, for the rest of the year, we don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, what have you got coming out, release-wise? Go on, John. Over to you. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, yeah, track, a couple of tracks coming out on Craft Tech. Uh, another one coming out on our own label, but then we're talking to 
We've got a mm-hmm. remix for Green Velvet as well, haven't we? Yeah, a remix for Green Velvet on Dang. Bedrock Records. Um, but then we're, we're kind of... We're, we're trying to postpone everything. Yeah, just trying to just... Because the, the tracks that... Yeah, I mean, they're good, they're good to listen to at, at home, but they are made for a club. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's because we're just trying to figure out what do we do? Do we keep keep hold of these so when it all does open, we just... Which we, we say it's quite strategic, really, because we're like, if we put out all this music now, these, this, some of it is our best work, and that, the, the track that we've got coming on Crash Tech, which I'm not even going to give the name away of that track yet, but it's uh, the best track we've ever made. I'm absolutely in love with it. Like we've been playing it, it goes off. Yeah. Like, yeah. like nothing else I've seen when, when we've produced a record, and I think we've got a few things behind us. But um, I don't want to put that out now when clubs aren't on. You know, it'd be a waste. It'd be a it'd complete be a waste. waste to put it out. So I think we're just going to sit on everything as long as we can. We'll still put out music, but I think we've just got to we've got to time it right. What's the point in putting everything out now when you, you like you said before, your music's your business card. So yeah. if we put out everything now and then then the clubs open in you know six months time and all we've we've been forgotten about because that music's already come out. So. I think everyone's just going to be stacking music and it's waiting. Super weird because I had I literally had a meeting on Tuesday this week with like all my label team, and the next release on on the label is a release with between me myself and MK, and it's a cl- it's a club record. If you know what I mean, it's not like anything that anyone can hear, or it's like got a sample in. Um, are you guys still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a sample rather than like a song, and no one has really been playing it. No one's got a copy, and we're like, we're supposed to be releasing it on June the fifth, and it's like, I was like, guys, this is a club record. We like, no, we have to do like three, at least three, four months of promo so people have it and people talk about it before we can actually then release it. Because I don't know about you guys, but. For me, the records that have done the best for me is like records that have had a really long time to like be promoted and people are playing it for months and months and everyone's shazamming it and everyone's trying to work out yeah. what it is and then people find out it's you and then the hype starts building and they're yeah. like, oh, I've been looking for this track for ages and then it comes out. Um, yeah. Whereas like I think now because we're not having the clubs, we're not getting those people getting excited about records and everything's changed the way you do it yeah so so what we're doing is like okay we're like let's move the release date to september let's spend the next four months promo 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 in it to like all the the right djs that are doing the live streams that are kind of doing radio mixes and let's like really build it out into something special so then people talk about it more and more and try and and, and are trying to find it and then we release it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good plan really and that's kind of what we're thinking but we haven't, I haven't thought sending people tracks to live streams like even, I, just, I don't even know how I feel about that yet. I kind of want to hold off until there's some element of touring back. I, yeah, touring. I, th- I think, I think, it doesn't necessarily matter about having the music out there as released. Like I've got, remi- I've got remixes coming out, which will kind of fill in the gaps of, re- of releases of where yeah. release dates. So I've got like other remixes coming out that it is what it is. They're just going to fill in my release date gaps. Um, yeah. 
and th- those remix they can't change because it's like major label stuff so it's like they're never going to change but then yeah then i think like you said it's it, it we kind of rely on getting gigs off the tracks if they do well but if, if if everyone that's doing live streams or doing radio shows and things like that are playing these records, like let's say, for instance, like drum code, ra- drum code Radio now isn't a live set. It's now them getting guest DJs to do mixes. Yeah. And if these DJs are getting all the new records from you guys, then people are going to be hearing it. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's weird. It's really weird because, you, again, you could go on that basis like, well, there's no clubs open. We're not going to release anything for the next six months. But then everyone forgets about you. Yeah, that's another way of looking at it. That is another way of looking at it. I don't know. I genuinely don't know what to do. Like, I think if we put, in, put traps out like you say to do that for people to play mixes, I think, yeah, people will, you've got one way of looking at it, people will want those tracks and they could have a slow build. Or, if everyone's just flooding the market with loads of tracks because producers are just going to be producing, are those tracks that should have been special going to get forgot about? I think we live in this day and age, we all know this, like, look at your promo emails. We're flooded with tracks anyway. The only tracks, like, I don't listen to a single, I I don't go through my promos. I go. I I get my tracks from like digging, or actually, oh, or actually, like my mates. If you know what I mean. So if like you got a relationship with a lot of these bigger guys, which you do, like they're going to listen to your records because they like them. Well, yeah, we 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 get that. Um, I'm just like it's when you're promoting a record, like you need the blogs, don't you? Of people playing those tracks. Um, in in videos like you miss draft parties or techno bibles or whatever they call these blogs and stuff, they're very important and they use videos of other DJs or yourself playing the track to create hype for them. So, <laughs> from, it's just going to be a load of videos of DJs streaming now. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and, and, and that, that's exactly what that's going to be. Yeah, but it's still I've I've seen a few blogs already doing that. Yeah, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, I can't get a feel for that record because there's no reaction to it. So... It that goes back to my thing music. about not listening to mixes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying. I I think it's... For me, I've decided, like, I'm not going to go on... I'm not going to not release things, but I'm just going to yeah. give a longer re- release period um, right. and just hope that... Like, for me, like, for, for Hallelujah, it's been played for the last year so we've got plenty of people playing it and plenty of people that are still playing it and yeah. i had another meeting with my label when i had a meeting on tuesday with my label guys they were like we think that like you take me higher might get another like wind when the clubs get open because it wasn't open for that long and like the more like resident type of djs didn't know about it if you know what i mean they didn't get a copy of it be- beforehand yeah and now they will have a copy of it so when the clubs get open then they're going to start playing it and i think if you make good records which you guys make fucking amazing records thank you very much. like they it will your, your good music will always be there like yeah. Masai, like Masai will always be there right like it's never going away no no, that is a good point. That is a good point. But it's, yeah, I don't know. I can't. The thing is, we for us as well, the police 
studio computer broke like the week before lockdown. Oh. We've, we've not produced anything. <laughs> you, got fucked. you got fucked really. So like John's trying he's trying to get a new computer. I've got it. I've got it. I'm you just setting it up. So yeah. he's setting, he's got to reset everything up at the moment before we can even start making stuff. So uh, here's, a, here's a bit of advice for people. If I didn't have a backup, this would be a fucking nightmare. But back your computers up every fucking week, kids. What 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 actually happened? It's been going anyway for ages and ages, and it's it's had some kind of virus on it, which is ironic. Um, <laughs> but it's had this, it's had a virus on it. And Too much porn. It kept directing me to strange sites. Let me just say, uh, <laughs> uh, so. they're not strange if you enjoy them, John. Come on, we all know that. <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't enjoy them. Well, that's probably how I got more about it. <laughs> so eventually, the uh, yeah, uh, eventually it's just given up. But I, I did have a backup, so I've got a computer, and I'm just basically having to license everything and install plugins and get back to where I was. But I've got a copy of everything, all our sounds, all our you know stuff that we've saved over the years. So. Do you guys use Splice? Use Splice. I've just opened it just now. It's really, it's really good. Um, yeah, I've just, I've, I've just opened it because I've got like four terabytes worth of samples on these hard drives. Um, but now I think we've got, I've got that much over the past fifteen years. Yeah, twenty years. It's just like I can, you just can't find anything. Where splice, you go on typing what you want. There it is. It's so good, and it's all like. It's one thing that I've always wanted to do. Like, if I ever became majorly rich, to like pay somebody to just like organize all of your samples. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It would be so nice to just be able to like type in female vocal D minor, and then yeah, yeah. But but Splice allows you to do that, and it's great. I have a slight confession because I'm quite anal. My samples are a bit like that anyway. <laughs> so I'll just go right, I kind of fancy like a techno ride at 128 I can find it instantly oh I'm jealous I've seen you I've seen you a desktop Will it's an absolute fucking disgrace yeah I'm I'm kind of like half and half I have bad OCD but I'm not like so OCD that it's like makes my life easier well I, I have terrible OCD I, it, I can't I wouldn't be able to leave this well you bet Ben Simi at the night, there's this where Ben's seat is. I move it back to the same place before we leave. I can't I can't leave the studio without it being back in the way it was. I like that. I like that a lot. My my wires are awful in this studio. I'm looking at them now and they're just like, This is giving me a headache. But yeah. I I won't do anything about them. Well, this this week I'm pulling the whole desk away. because uh, we got the the new computer, I'm pulling the whole desk away. And I'm rewiring everything from scratch. It's so it's such a good feeling when you've done it. But yeah, the thought I, I, of doing it horrible. is awful. Yeah. But my daughter's gonna be doing she wants to clean the skirting boards. <laughs> she said she'll help wipe the skirting boards and my wife will do the hoovering. So Perfect, mate. That's it. That's yeah. what they're there for. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you have well, kids. I hope you're not saying that. Yeah, you're not allowed to say that shit nowadays. I'm going to get cancelled. <laughs> Make her bring some dinner in as well, mate. Yeah, yeah I will do. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that as well. So what, what, what computer did you get? Uh, I've got a, a one of those new cylindrical Macs. 
the Hoover, the Dyson Hoover. Is that what it's called? I don't know. The Mac Pro? Yeah, it looks, yeah, that, that thing. But I tell you what, I, I, did, I never noticed just how fucking loud this old computer was. Oh, uh, you were on the old Mac. Were you on the tower? Yeah, the great. Oof. Yeah, the cheese grater. That's lasted years. You've had that since I've ever known you. Ever since yeah, I've known exactly. You. Yeah, so I had, I've had a good, I've had a good innings out of it. Ten years that in more. Yeah, yeah, more. That's good. That going. was in the old, old, old studio. Yeah, so that's it's about 12, 13 years old, and it's I've never upgraded it. I've never touched it. Oh, so yeah, no. this new, the new one. But I, like I said, I never realised just how loud that computer was. Now I'm sat in the studio, and it is completely silent. It's amazing. They're, they're so, very yeah. nice. Computer. I've I've gone like I've reverted back to the laptop, and I'm just doing everything on my laptop. I've even taken my screens out of my studio. What I'm like literally just on laptop, and I'm loving it. Than, I'm loving it more than anything. We never do anything on a laptop. I struggle, my mad. Yeah. Do you do you Not write it. at all when you're like on the road or anything? Never. You can't write you've got a beer in each hand, Will. <laughs> True, I forget you lot party 24-7 when, when, when you're on When we the go on the road, we, we start drinking at the airport and we don't finish drinking till when we get home. <laughs> in fact, this reminds me, I don't. I, we've got to bring this up. Miami last year. Me? Yeah, you were in Miami last year. I was, yeah. yeah. And well, we, 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 were, we were supposed to catch up and we clearly didn't because of your antics. However, you, yeah. don't, you don't know this part of it, Ben. Right. I got a call from John checking right. in with you because he was worried about you because he hadn't oh, yeah. heard anything <laughs> from you for yeah, like yeah, a yeah, week. Yeah, I <laughs> and yeah. I, had a, I had a call from like John at like four in the morning, mate, going, mate, can you check up on Ben? Because like, I've not heard anything from him. I don't think he's all right. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard anything from him from a couple of days, and I thought, "Shit, who's over, who's in Miami that can help him?" That'll be Compass Mentors. <laughs> Only well, me. Miami is very close to the Colombian border, so I've heard. <laughs> is it? I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's fresh off the boat over there. So yeah, I I went out for a good two three day session at the time, and I'd sleep for twenty four hours, then I'd go back and hit it again. I, uh, it was my first time in Miami, so I overindulged. <laughs> <laughs> were you supposed to be out there this year? Um, no, we weren't, actually. We were supposed to be in... Where were we, John? We were going back to Santiago and Chile. Santiago and Chile. How is yeah. it out there? I've never been there. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's brilliant. South America but is the best place. Here's another annoying thing. Because this, this summer we had an Australian tour booked in as well. So this, not that would have meant... There. Sorry? You're not missing much out there. Out where? In Australia. Australia? All right. You're not, you're not a fan, Will. It's, I, don't get me wrong. I love Australia and I love Australian people, but it's my least favourite yeah. place to tour. Right. Right. Well, that would have completed that. We, we would have done every continent. This oh, really? Year would have yeah. You'll be out there. We're, we're, you'll be out there next year. You'll be fine. Hopefully, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. We, we have so many good gigs this summer lined up. Like we have yeah. To- Wicked festivals to play. We were playing. What's that festival we were doing with um, Pleasurecraft and Matador? Um, Mystic Garden Festival, which looked absolutely unbelievable. And then we were doing in um, I can't remember the names of what. No, that's, that's we when had... we were getting the private jet then to Barcelona. Yeah, so we were going to get the jet to Barcelona. I'm gutted we're not going to yet. 
We would have took a selfie. Yeah, you would have taken a selfie and you would have put it on social media. You you would have put it on your Instagram. You would have been one of those fucking DJ cunts that literally spends all summer taking pictures of private jets. What my plan was to take loads of different outfits of clothing and just get them pictures taken loads of different times (laughs) outside the jet. (laughs) And then you can put a new one out every week. Yeah, Yeah. I I just stand next to a jet in a different... He just, he just had a plain sign writer with him changing the sign writing on the plane every <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the one thing I'm happy about this summer not happening is it going waking up every morning and seeing DJs with their private jet photos is something that I am not into no not into I definitely would have done it <laughs> of course you would have <laughs> I think even like like I, I saw like Maceo like put a, put a thing out on Twitter, like how he's like, he's flown on so many private jets over the years and never posted a photo. And then like a month later, I saw that he posted a photo and I'm like, dude, you've just like fucked yourself ruined now. It. Yeah. Ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So up North, how's the world's famous, uh, clit hero. Clit hero is, um, I've actually moved out of Clitheroe now. Me and my girlfriend bought a house in November. So I live in a town called Clayton. Nice. I was I'm talk- in the slums now. I was talking to one of my mates the other day on the phone, and she's American, and I was talking about Clit Hero, where you live. And yeah. she was like, why is there so many weird places that, like in the UK like named after weird things? Because right, like the village next to me is called Cock Lake. And <laughs> it's like, why do we have these things in England that like... Clit Hero, Cock Lake, and I'm sure there's some pretty awful names as well. Wet Wang. Where's what? <laughs> Wet Wang. There's a town called Wet Wang. <laughs> Where is that? <laughs> uh, um, I think it's near Gloucester. Uh, I, is it I near me? We once, did a, we once did a gig on a street called Bellend. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wet, no, Wet Wang is in Yorkshire, sorry. Uh, it's up your neck of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Right, lads, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, so, how does everyone follow you if they want to follow you or check your music out? Um, just buy our, all of our tracks on Beatport, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll occasionally post pictures of us drunk on Instagram at OC and Verd. OC and Verd. How do you spell Verd and OC? OC is spelled O C. Verd <laughs> and. Andy spent A N D and Verd is spelled V E R D E. There we go. Nice one, lads. Keep safe. Nice one, mate. Catch up soon. Take care, lads. Bye. Bye. So that was a wrap. Big love to everybody that's listened. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with all your mates. Give us a little review in the review bar. Um, Tell us what you think. Uh, Yeah. Thank you very much. See you next time.